0: Hey guys, this is Dustin Langley. I'm the senior pastor at Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor, Washington, and this is our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get these new sermons every week. Hope you have a blessed day. Series called At War. We are in this series, and it really is—it's a walk through Ephesians chapter six, verses ten through eighteen which is where we find the armor of God. So we are going through this armor, and we're taking it out piece by piece. We've already talked about the belt of truth. We've talked about the breastplate of righteousness. And last week, we talked about the shoes, the shoes of the gospel of peace. And I enjoyed that one a lot. I I had fun preaching it. But today, I'm even more excited to talk to you about the shield of faith. Because what does the Bible say? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And what does that mean? For me, I truly believe that God isn't displeased when I don't use faith in a particular scenario of my life. No, it means that we find favor. And when we find favor with somebody, they are usually pleased with that person or individual that they're extending favor towards. And God wants to, at all times, be giving us his best However, we sometimes lack the faith to receive what God is trying to freely give us. And so it is up to us to activate our faith at times. And you don't have to have a lot of it, do we, right? Talks about a mustard seed. A mustard seed you can barely even see in the palm of your hand. If you have a little bit of faith, God can do a lot. And I'll never forget, when I was a kid, I I used to build, like, sets of armor out of just about anything I could find. Any other guy in this room? I'm talking about bundles of sticks, right, taped around your arm newspapers paper plates it didn't matter i made helmets i made breastplates i made shoes i made shields and then the sword for sure was always out of a stick because you needed to actually bash and beat something right like blackberry bushes who are always the enemy Why are they always the enemy? Because they hurt you as a kid. And so I'll I'll never forget fashioning and forming this shield out of paper plates. And mind you, it was about three plates thick, so it should have worked. However, I fashioned this shield and I asked and I was holding it and I told my brother, yeah, you can go ahead and throw those rocks at me just right through the top into my face. (laughs) And that was a shield that I made. I thought it was sturdy. I thought it was ready to go. I thought it was going to be able to withstand those bullets my brother was throwing at me. Who throws a rock that hard at a kid with a paper shield? Siblings. But I formed and fashioned this thing. I thought that it was going to be enough to withstand what was coming my way. And then I soon found out that, well, I guess a six-year-old can't exactly form the type of shield necessary to guard from... A hundred mile an hour rocks flying at your face. (laughs) But I did find out that, you know what, next time use wood. And it would work a lot better. But I tell you this story because when I read in Ephesians chapter 6, I see a shield as a representation of the faith that we as believers are supposed to have. And I believe the shield is used because it really exemplifies and gives us a visual picture of our faith that is actively working. Because it says for us to pick up the shield of faith in all circumstances, to take it up. And we're supposed to take it up. And by doing that, that it will withstand all of the fiery flames or the fiery darts that the enemy is going to be shooting at us. Not some of them. All of them. But how interesting is it that it's just not, it's not talking about my faith in the text. It's talking about my faith in God. Not my faith in me. Not my faith in my man made abilities to withstand the spiritual battle that this current life has to endure because I can only last so long. Anybody else in this room? I can only do so much. I can only stay in the fight, so I can only fight for so long. However, if I put my faith in a God who never runs out, if I put my faith in God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think, if I put my faith in a God who has already made me more than a conqueror through his work on the cross, when I do that, I have access to all the power that this world could ever want or imagine. And so where is our faith, and what are we putting it in but ultimately are we even picking up that shield of faith to fight the battle that is currently waging for our soul the shield of faith that will withstand every fiery dart that is coming at us from the ad, from the enemy because we have an adversary you know that right church if you've been coming here the last couple of weeks, now you know. Because we're talking about it. We ha- The scripture says we have an adversary, the devil, who walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And who is he devouring? He's only devouring those who don't have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, because we already know the end result of the devil. Can I get an amen? Right, and you got to, because he's going to lie to you. He's going to try to deceive you. Every fiery dart that's coming at you is a lie. It's deception it's some type of sin to get you to fail but when you are found in Jesus Christ when you're a child of God and you've put on that armor that he's given you those darts don't seem so dangerous anymore because you get to remind the devil of his place and you get to remind him of your place and your position because you are a child of God amen and you are able to withstand those fiery darts it says in Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, this is the verse that we'll be focusing on today, verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. How many of the flaming darts? All of the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. It's interesting here that the apostle Paul would begin to single out these pieces of armor for us as Christians to use in our battle that we're currently waging in, this spiritual battle. And he's already talked about the belt, he's already talked about the breastplate, and he mentions the shoes that we're supposed to be wearing. And then he goes in to now talking about this shield And when Paul was writing this, he had in mind a particular type of shield because it would have been the shield of the day that was used often with these Roman soldiers. And it wasn't just any shield, not a buckler. It was something called a scudum or scudum, or however you pronounce it. I don't know, but it sounds good when you just say scudum. So we're going to go with that. And this type of shield was a massive shield. It was as tall as a door. And it was usually used within the front lines of the armies that were going to fight because they needed to withstand and block the arrows that would be coming from the other armies that were being shot over the top of the ranks because the archers were always put in the back, right? Because they're cowards. But other than that, no, it's because archers can't be on the front line. They're going to get throttled by the people with the swords and the shields so you put them behind and they also prepare the way for the front lines to move forward so the archers would usually shoot first and not only would they shoot regular arrows they would shoot arrows that were on fire flaming arrows because what were the shields made out of these scutums like a door were made out primarily of wood with some iron backing and other things to reinforce, but primarily wood, which means when those flaming arrows that have the tar on them would hit the front lines, they would begin to ignite on fire. And so now we got a real problem. We're not just fighting people with swords and arrows. We got another problem where we need the fire truck to come and put it out. And next thing you know, it's like the Three Stooges. People are turning and running into each other and lighting each other on fire. And this is for real. This would happen because people would freak out because when the arrows would hit, it not only just hit in that one spot, the tar would splash when it would hit and stick into the shield. And so as uh, even Dr. Bow mentioned when he was emceeing, he referenced Pastor Taylor Murray. He was here last year and the sermon that he preached and his, the title of his sermon was called soak your shield because the Roman soldiers, they knew those flaming arrows would come. And if they were, it probably took a few times to figure out what to do, but what the soldiers would do is they would take their shield and they would soak it and lay it in water overnight. Because when those arrows would come and they hit that that water-soaked wood, that woodlogged type of shield, it wouldn't light on fire like it did before. And so now when we read the text and we see that depiction of what would happen in battle with a warrior who donned all of this armor with the type of shield that was used during that time, we get a better understanding now of how our shield of faith functions in the spiritual battle that we're all currently waging in right now. God didn't just give you a shield of faith to use, he gave you a soaked shield shield that can withstand all of the fiery darts of the enemy, which means every single lie that the enemy starts shooting at you right now, you just got to hold that shield up and let him know who he is and what he's destined to because he is destined to a place called hell. He is destined to a place called the fiery pit. He has no place here on earth. And yeah, you know what? Sometimes he gets to us, right? He speaks lies. He deceives us. He tricks us at times, but he is no match for our Lord and Savior Jesus. So when we put our faith in God and we remind ourselves, when we remember to hold that shield of faith up, when the devil starts talking to me in my ear and I'm on my game, prayed up, read up, pray to all that good stuff, man, I'll sit here, drink my coffee and just start blocking every single dart that the devil throws at me. I'll be sitting in the morning on a good day and I'm like, I'm on my A game today. I don't care if that lie hits me. It's not going to seep in. I'm not going to allow it to take root in my heart. And that is actively using your shield of faith, believing that the truth of God, the word of God, is more true than the lies of the enemy. That is how we put our faith to work because faith isn't a sedentary thing. Faith is active, amen? It is constant. It is something that we employ, which is why the text here says, in all circumstances do what? Take up the shield of faith, it implies you have to pick your shield up. You have to take it out of the water because you probably left it soaking all night. And when you pick that shield of faith up that's been soaking in the water, it can then do what? Extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. Not some of them, all of them, church. How many of you would like to experience that? Zero condemnation every single day for the rest of your life. Anybody it's possible. However, I haven't achieved it yet. I'm working on it, all right? But wouldn't it be nice? I don't know the words. Uh-huh. But I would love to not experience 1 ounce of condemnation if I didn't have. I would love to experience zero zero conviction from the enemy. Conviction from the Holy Spirit's a different thing. That's a good thing. That means change yourself. (laughs) Get better. Be better. Do better. Follow God. Stop trusting in the world. Conviction from the Holy Spirit is good, but condemnation from the enemy, that's not so good. Condemnation from the enemy looks like somebody might be telling you that you're no good, that you're never add up, that you're not enough, that nothing is going to change in your life. When you start hearing lies like that, that is when we need to remember, all right, devil, it's time to put this armor on. I forgot to do it this morning. However, I'm going to don the armor that you've freely given me, and I'm going to remember who I am in Christ, and I'm going to use my faith believing who you say I am is more true than the lies that the enemy is firing at me on a daily basis. The shield of faith, it acts like a barrier between us and Satan, just as on the front lines of the fight, it acted as a barrier between the arrows and the archers and for the rest of the ranks behind them because the the what the army would do is they would they would do something called a testudo which is like a tortoise shell so testudo meaning tortoise which is like a shell they would shell up they would walk forward and they put their shield in the ground and then the other ones behind them would put their shields up top so now you got a door sized shield that slanted this way and another one that's this way blocking the arrows that would either come straight at them or over the top, and it created a barrier between the enemy and the good guys. That is what your faith does. That's a visual example of what your faith is doing against the fiery darts of the enemy. Now, it's up to us to keep advancing in ranks and not moving backwards. Amen? That's why you got to put the shoes on I talked about last week. You can listen to that on YouTube or on Spotify. But in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. My faith is assured in what I'm hoping for when my conviction or my faith is put in God. That's how I read this, right? Now, faith is the assurance of what you're hoping for. Well, how is it assured? It's assured because I know who God is, right? Paul isn't just writing flippantly about, hey, have some faith. No, he's saying, put your faith in God and it will bring the assurance, meaning what you're believing for will come to pass for the, it's the conviction of things not seen. It means that you will have a conviction about what you're believing for because you have put your faith in God. And that's a good thing to have. When you have conviction and zeal and fervor for your God, it is on display. People see that. They Feel that. They want that. They're like, how are you walking through this life and through that circumstance and hurtling those obstacles and beating the devil up every single day And it doesn't even look like your face. And you're just like, I just put my armor on today. Remember to pick up the old shield. And it's not that easy because any one of these mature Christians in the room will tell you like when they take their armor off, there's a few scars. There's a few war wounds because we don't always remember to actively put the armor on like we're supposed to because there's an active part of our faith. There's an active part of us remembering and reminding ourselves who our God is and then putting the devil in his place and reminding him, where he's gonna be at the end of the day. And so I put this down. I said, I have faith in God, knowing that he will keep the devil off of me. My faith is like a barrier, it's like a shield, it's like a tortoise shell that is constantly deflecting and putting out all of those arrows that the enemy is firing at me. And this is how I know that. You know what? Sometimes I lose the battle that day. Sometimes I say things I didn't want to say. Sometimes I do things I don't want to do. But scripture assures me of this in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, for everyone who has been born of God, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith, church. It's our faith. Our faith in who? Jesus. It's our faith in Jesus, not faith in Dustin Langley. No, because I'll tell you now, I can't save myself. I tried for a long time. Anybody else in this room try to save themselves? Didn't work out so well. Hey, if you ever need a testimony, you come talk to me or any one of these elders; they'll give you a testimony too. Because this life is impossible to live in a victorious manner, a, a constant state of victory, when we don't when we when we live it without Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one who's perfect. Jesus is the only one who is able to remove our sin. Jesus is the only one to take away our pain. Amen. Jesus is the only one that will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. This is the God that we. We serve in the God that we as believers put our faith in, knowing that we can and will persevere in this lifetime, and the enemy will not have the last laugh. Faith, faith is ultimately the doorway to our hope in Jesus Christ. Faith is the doorway to our home. And what does that mean, right? So a doorway allows access to a particular space, right? When you come to the front door of somebody's house, you knock on the door because you don't yet have access, especially if you're a stranger. First of all, maybe don't knock on people's doors for no reason if you're a stranger. You probably won't get access into the home. I mean, we're living in 2024. Who just walks up to a stranger's house and knocks on the door anymore? Back in like 1950 and 60, people used to walk over and knock on the door and they, Oh, come on in. Would you like to use my telephone? I have some fresh baked pie on the p- counter I would also like to share with you while you're here randomly in my home. No, just me. Leave it to beaver stuff. No, people were hospitable back then. Could you believe it? Oh, my gosh. People took care of each other. Now, in 2024, a rando, a rando comes and knocks on your door and you you're look at your wife and you're like, Did you order something? Oh my gosh, did you do? It's not Amazon? My gosh, who would be here? Close the blinds, Betty. Oh my! And you're hiding behind the couch and you're crawling and you're looking to see who's at the front door because you're not going to let a rando into your house. (laughs) I don't even know where I was going. However, oh, faith is the doorway to our hope in Christ, which means our faith allows access to God in our life. But our faith also gives us access into the presence of God. Because when you start knocking on Jesus' door, when you start knocking on the things of God, God will always open up and say, come on in, my son. Come on in, my daughter. I got some pie on the counter for you and a telephone for you to use. It says in Romans chapter, you don't believe me? Romans chapter five, verse two. Through him, Jesus, we have also obtained access access by what? Our faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Aren't you grateful that you've been given access to the creator of the universe, church? Aren't you glad that you have access to walk into the presence of peace when you need it? Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, the Bible said. That's the King James Version. I remember that one because it's holier. However, I'm using the ESV translation in all of my scriptures. But I have access to God because of my faith. I get to walk through the door into the presence of God whenever I want to. Because God isn't just when you're having a bad day and you decide to do something that's not cool and not nice and not what a child of God would do. God doesn't just come ahead, go ahead and start. He's like, here's the presence of God. <laughs> it is our duty to go to him to ask for forgiveness. It is our job to go to him and ask for repentance because we have a loving God who's a gentleman and isn't going to knock your knees out from under you and say bow to me and ask for forgiveness. We have a God who says you if you freely come to me, you will freely receive. Amen. He says in 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 Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through nine, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God and a result of works so that no one may boast. This is the God that we serve, a gracious God who loves us and through our faith, we gain access into his presence. We gain access into everything that he has for us Think of your faith not just like a shield to go on the defense. Think of it like those Roman warriors and soldiers that took the front line and didn't just retreat, but they advanced every time and little by little they took ground. Amen. That is what your faith is doing. You are advancing on the enemy. You are taking ground for the kingdom of God and the devil starts shaking in his boots when you live with faith like that. And so today, I just want to pray with you before we go. I want to pray that your faith would be strengthened this morning. And I especially want to pray for those of you who some of you in this room, you don't understand what I'm talking about because you don't understand who Jesus even is. But Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is God. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is the Word? Jesus Christ is the living Word. And he became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, that as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, and truth. And the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever will believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And we're thinking, man, that sounds pretty awesome, doesn't it? And I chose one day to stop putting all of my eggs in my basket because I soon found out I couldn't save myself. And I started putting my faith in Jesus. And it was through that that I received eternal life. It was through that I received the power and demonstration of the Lord in my own life because I realized that if I put my faith in him, I'm a conqueror in this life. The Bible says that there is therefore now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is an amazing thing because I was done and spent and tired of receiving all of the labels that the world put on me. And when you experience and encounter the love of God and when you experience who Jesus is, he wipes away all that. He wipes our slate clean. It says, in him we are a new creation. We are new creations in Christ Jesus and I want you to experience that for yourself if you haven't yet today. It's time to stop putting our faith in the man-made things of this world that ultimately fail us. We have to put our faith in an eternal source, a limitless source that is infinite in every way possible and his love his mercy his grace his peace his joy his compassion and kindness they never ever run out hey guys I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and if you did make sure to like and subscribe so you can receive these new messages as soon as they're available also I just want to take a moment and thank all of you who are part of Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor whether you support us financially or serve with us or just share these messages online it's because of you able to reach people locally and around the world. And if you want more information on how to be a part of the church, make sure you click the link in the description. To help us continue to spread the good news, don't forget to leave a review, like, and subscribe. Have a blessed day.